So keep your blankets, fight for your food. If you don't fight for your food, you don't eat. If you don't grab your blankets first, you don't have blankets, you sleep in your pillowcase. And how old were you? Two and a half. Hey everybody, welcome to the New Age Human Podcast, where we have deep conversations about life, question the norm, all with the intent to thrive in the new age. I'm your host, John Astacio, and in today's episode, we are talking about, well, we are actually going over an example of overcoming the odds and how hard times can create very strong people. If you know somebody or you yourself is going through some challenges, this is a great story for inspiration. It definitely was for me, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, let's get going. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> All right, so thank you for coming here. Of course. Um, uh, for those people that are listening only, this is my first in-person interview, and uh, this is going to be pretty cool. So if you want to watch the video, go on YouTube. But enough of that. I'm here with my friend Dylan. He's actually a, the proud owner of D for Dyslexia. You're a public speaker. Um, you, you were in like, what, three meetings before we, we met up? Yep. He's like, I'm trained in public speaking. I'm trained in, uh, what did you say? I'm trained oh, in I'm press. Press, press trained. Um, which I need, I need uh, some training in that. I asked you a question, you were like, straight to the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thanks again for coming. Of course. I want everybody to really hear your story. Your story is a story of overcoming all odds. It's a crazy story. So uh, let's just get into it. Where, where did your story start? In Russia. We in, started in Russia. That's Me nice. and my brother were adopted from Russia in 2003. Yeah. At two and a half years old. Um, crazy enough, my mom was told by the adoption agency that she was going over for one kid. I was sick in the hospital. The way orphanages work is if the kid is sick, they're afraid that parents will, won't, won't separate twins. So if they advertise one kid, you go over, oh, by the way, he's a twin, but it's okay. We separate them all the time. Wait, what? So yeah. like they separate them because they promised you one? Yes. That's nuts. Because it's easier to offload one kid than it is two if one has health issues. And they don't even tell? No. What? I mean, it came out of her. You guys came out of her, right? Uh, not our mom now. No, we're adopted. Oh, okay. That's, well, true. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, no, the orphanage had both of us. Okay. So our mom was 16 when they, she had us, left us in the hotel, abandoned us. Uh, Russian uh, maids took care of us, dropped us off at an orphanage. I got deathly sick because in the orphanage it was fight for yourself. So yeah. keep your blankets, fight for your food. If you don't fight for your food, you don't eat. If you don't grab your blankets first, you don't have blankets, you sleep in your pillowcase. Jeez. And how old were you? Two and a half. <laughs> and you remember this? Yeah. Wow. And actually me and my brother, started, all those memories started coming to us vividly when we turned 20, which was very odd. I remember starting seeing certain things. That's crazy. And I asked my brother, I was like, hey, are you experiencing this, this, and this? He's like, yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah. No, is your brother your twin? He or? is. That's nuts. Yeah. Does he look just like you? No, no, I'm cuter. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll continue, sorry. Oh, um, so we were adopted in 2003, unfortunately, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, right? We were adopted by an amazing mother and and grandfather and aunts and uncles, but uh, unfortunately an alcoholic father mm. who had uh, a problem he didn't address. And he opened up a bar, drank the profit, foreclosed on the bar, threw collateral on our house, divorced our mother, took the blankets from our house. We lived on with food stamps. So he took all the blankets from our house thinking it was all our mom's fault. Okay, in a house yeah. we couldn't afford to heat. That's nice. So we didn't have blankets. Um, that's very vivid there, uh, short and to the point there. And then, 
you know, my mom was like, enough is enough. She was a, an educational teacher in New Hampshire. She loved her job, but it didn't pay the bills to take care of two kids. Mm. And the way we were living just wasn't, wasn't right and wasn't, you could only do it for so long. Right. And she wanted the best for us. So she went to nursing school, okay. which is even crazier because then she stopped her income to go to nursing school where, while her father, our grandfather, raised us for two, two and a half years. So once she got a job, her first job was a nursing home, which was great. And then after the nursing home applied places, got a job at Yale, mm. which moved us to Connecticut in fourth grade. And that's when our lives really did change because she started making enough money to live a certain lifestyle, which was, you know, we got iPods. We never had an iPod. We, we always had secondhand things and we got uh, scooters and we got electric scooters and we had Christmas with the next box. And it was like, oh my God, right? It's awesome. It was awesome. My mom was, we were, it's awesome. I appreciate her and everything she did. And then she um, was dating a man and he got remarried and he adopted us in our seventh grade. And he really did. He saved our life for sure. He's my hero today. He is my dad. He, um, he, sh he caught us in the right time. So seventh grade is like, boom, here's what a man is. Here's how he's supposed to act. Here's right. how he's gonna treat people. Here's right. how he will deal with certain situations. So really did raise us when it mattered and was there and showed me like what a man is. It's a man who steps up and takes care of those who he needs to. That's great timing too. Cause Amazing that's timing. right when you needed it. That's, a, exactly. that's like a divine intervention. Well, we could have went one way or the other. Yeah. So it was like perfect timing. Thank God for him. We did wrestling and stuff. But all the way back in New Hampshire, a little uh, rewind was I was diagnosed with ADHD. So I was mm -hmm. on Ritalin and Concerta, and I was about six. Second, we did kindergarten twice because we didn't understand English. Um, so I was on Ritalin and Concerta because the teacher said I had ADHD. And so did the doctors. So nobody really looked into it. Everybody just had some agreement. Oh, the kid has a lot of energy, but every little kid has a lot of energy, right? So um, wrong meds, we didn't have ADHD. Fast forward to now we are adopted by our new father. I'm going through school, really struggling, don't know why. I'm being called the stupid kid. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how many letters are in the alphabet. I don't know how to read. It all looks like Chinese. I'm telling my teachers and parents it looks like Chinese. No one's doing anything. I worked with my father on homework in seventh or eighth grade, and he's like, this isn't ADHD. Did a lot of research, fought against doctors, fought for me in a lot of uh, IEP teacher to parent meetings. and. Um, officially had me diagnosed with dyslexia when I was 16. That took a long, way too long. Way too long. So they took me off the meds immediately. But when you take somebody off meds who've been on meds for 10 years, your body has a chemical imbalance, which made me balloon up, made me go into depression. And 16 years old, you're in high school, it's probably the most judgmental phase of your life, right? Yeah. So now I, I'm not only the stupid kid, but I'm the fat stupid kid. So great timing on that. Um, so my dad, I remember looking at me, I was so done. I was so done with being the stupid kid. I was so done with being the kid who couldn't have been told he wouldn't be something. Um, incapable was what words that were shared to me. And wow. he looked at me after we were diagnosed and I apologized to him. I said, I'm so sorry. And he's like, I don't understand. And I was like, what don't you understand? And he was like, I don't understand how you got from kindergarten twice to 10th grade all the way through with nobody knowing. How did you make it happen? Wow, that's a good point. And also, all these times, I, was, um, I won the Student of the Month Award, I won the Strive Award, I won the Signature Student Award with the average in my classes, which was like a 40 or 50. So you surpassed so, other people with a, while, while you had a quote failing. unquote, you know. Complete just, failing. Uh, sinking wait, ship. <laughs> sinking ship, misdiagnosed, everything against you, you know, with a, uh, a parent disability, undiagnosed, but you still 
surpassed people. That's amazing. Um, that was because, you know, when one road you go to walk down and you can't walk it or drive it, you've got to realize that you can't then keep moving to break your feet in the, in the cracks or potholes in the road. You've now got to turn around and find another road or pave another road or start digging in a field to start making another road. So, you know, it's, all right, this didn't work, what will? Yeah. Uh, show up before class, show the teachers I'm trying. Because, I mean, we all remember there was those kids in school that were like in the back of the class, didn't care, were probably vaping, didn't do their homework. Not because they couldn't, because they didn't want to. Yeah. Just wasn't there for school. That wasn't me. I didn't want the teachers to get me confused with them. Mm. So, asking teachers to go before class, going during my lunch, skipping gym to study, staying after school, having a tutor, just showing like, hey, this, isn't, this is not an effort issue. Right, I'm here. So they do everything, boom give me some curve or whatever, right. just to give me 65s all the way up to this point. But the effort was like double, triple the amount of all my peers. And so I was winning awards and I'm like in these, um, these award ceremonies with like the valedictorian and stuff and everybody's like, why is Dylan here? And all the teachers are like, yeah, we're worried about the kids who don't try to get 80s and have these awards. We're not yeah. worried about Dylan. I never understood why until the real world happened. So we, we after diagnosis, I'm 16, 10th grade, I'm at a fifth grade reading level. I end up graduating with my class at class level in two years by studying all summer, doing everything and everything in my power to just, you know, catch up and knowing like, you know, it's not impossible. We got this, you know, in life, you know how you like, everybody's focused on climbing that one mountain mm -hmm. and then not realizing when they turn around on top of the mountain, there's another mountain behind it. Right, right. That was me, but I was like, oh shoot. So all my peers were going to college. People asked me like, oh, you going to college? And they're like, oh, of course not. Dylan's a stupid kid. He's not going to college. Jeez. Right? So obviously I wasn't going to college. I barely got through high school, just to be honest. School's not my outlet. It's not my avenue. It's not my road to walk. It has too many potholes in for me. Mm. So I was like, all right. My dad said, we'll get you an internship because I went to a tech school for two years for microcomputer science to chase my dad in his um, tech corporate world. And uh, got an internship. COVID happened. So got the internship, almost didn't have it. My dad was telling me like, hey, like the army was a good thing for me. Like, why don't I just go to the army and come back to this afterwards? And the army to me is a terrifying idea. Like something happens, I have no idea what's going on, but I have to go, I have no choice. Like I say no, I go to jail or I have to go to war. Like that was terrifying to me. Right. Not having control over my own destiny was terrifying. Supporting the country, I respect everybody who does it. It's just not my that, not my road. I don't yeah. want to walk that road. I feel for you, man. It's a scary thought to, you know, get trained on something that you're not sure about, that you believe in, and, and have no say in. No say in, and you had been fighting for just to to fit in, and and in that you've gained so much control over your life that to give it up again, I can, I can only imagine what that would feel like. Oh yeah, it was terrifying. So when they said, okay, the internship is on, I was like, this is my boot camp. Like, it's this or the army, I'm not going to the army. Like I'm cementing my feet into the ground so much where this is the plan and it's gonna work and I will die trying. I will just, whatever it takes. So I walked in, I was very bold for a 19 year old kid. Yeah. Very bold. <laughs> Um, I told uh, the owner come in, he's like, hey, you're here for three days a week, three months, you're an intern, we can only afford you, because it was thankfully a paid internship, so that was cool. Um, but I said, no, that's not how this is gonna work. Yeah. I'll be here every day, I'll be here eight, eight to six if you need me to, I'll need a key, and you, if the money's an issue, don't pay me, I'm here for the experience, and if you like me at the end of this, you'll hire me, that's, that's the deal. 
He didn't say anything, walked away, gave me the key. Fast forward, I, I busted my ass. Um, got hired after five months instead of three. Then they were bought out, and he threw my name to another firm, and I was bought out by that firm. And, you know, this last year, I traveled the United States for the top financial firms, cancer research firms, all on first-class flights, in the nicest hotels, went in the coolest cars, having crazy stories that I can't tell on camera, <laughs> um, making okay money for my age. So it's been awesome, but also building this brand, right? This brand is like, if I've been through everything I have in regards to just dyslexia, I know people have been through the whole alcoholic father and adopted and, and food stamps and poverty, but like, there's somebody who can relate to that or somebody who needs to hear these things and I needed, when I was going through that, somebody to be there in a camera in some sense, being like, okay, here's the steps I took. Like, right. I got evaluated by so-and-so, I used the program, here was my studying regimen, here is what we did to study, here's how we did the studying in a way where it didn't feel so detrimental or rigorous. So, here, right? I know there's so many people who go through this. I would be selfish to have all the steps, tools, connections, and programs to hold them myself. Mm -hmm. Who would I be, right? So let's build mm -hmm. a brand out of it and help those who need it most. And that's what I, I really live and strive on. Like, help those who need it most. Define all odds is the slogan because it really, truly means like that's what it is to be dyslexic. And everybody, I don't care if you're dyslexic or not, we all defy the odds in some sort of way in our yeah. lives. Yeah. So it's completely relatable, and I'm, I'm here to just help those who need it most. Academically, personal development, whatever it is, I, am, I live in such a way where somebody was to talk bad about me, no one would believe them. It's a quote I live by. And, you know, I use my journey to inspire others and also change their lives. And that's our, our structure. And it's been an amazing experience. You know, I'm on the cover of a magazine. I've sold out two venues. I've headlined many venues. Had a very successful podcast with sponsors. And met some pretty incredible people. That's so awesome. that's where we are today. That's a crazy story. It's, um, it reminds me of just having conversations around how in today's world, a lot of people have it easy. And then um, it, it, we're, or we're, you have someone coming from another country to the United States having it hard, not even as hard as you did. You had it, but they see it, they, they're trained with a different mind where I need to survive, I need to make something happen. And because nothing was given to them and they had to earn everything, they end up employing people that are from the United States, from a, a cushy home living. And it's one of those things where I think we were talking about this quote yes. that you reminded me of. Yep. It was, uh, um, hard times create strong men and women. And strong men and women create good times. Good times create weak, weak men and women. And then weak men and women Create, create hard, times. hard times and then the cycle turns and I feel like we're in the times where it is very good easy times turning potentially bad just because we have a lot of in my opinion a lot of weak people a lot of people that are not used to hardship not used to having to make decisions for themselves and everything's just pretty much like available right and then I, I love the fact that you're out there you, you defied all the odds and you're showing other people that they can do it and it's like inspiring because if someone can do what you did at a young age with dyslexia, or at least diagnosed with this dyslexia, um, it's almost like, well, why can't I do it? Of course I can do it. And I think that's why a lot of people love your story. Yeah, and it's, um, for sure it's, people forget to think about it, but it's like, you know, people say, oh my God, it wasn't as hard as Dylan. No, that's, it could be true in some sense, but I don't care. I don't compare myself to anybody, and I always remind myself that somebody always has it worse. 
Yes. Somebody always has it worse and to always give back. Don't, you have no idea what somebody's going through. Say they show up to work with a smile on their face, they might be hiding something. Like, how do you not know that their kid doesn't have cancer at home or something like that? Even though that's a terrible example, but you don't know what somebody's going through. So pass it forward in any way you can. It doesn't have to be financial. Mm -hmm. Something, just a nice gesture or a compliment. Somebody always has it worse. Just know that. Well, I know that you've done a lot of stuff and you just kept fighting for it, right? What do you think pushed you the hardest? Is it the fact that you had a good father as a mentor at the time? Great at the support right time? system is a big thing. Um, and then the support system is huge, but just the idea of knowing how I felt mm. during the entire journey and knowing that there are many others that feel worse and have it worse and there's no reason they need to, right? So yeah. if I can help and change and impact lives, then I will, so be it. And it's not that I, at first it was a, a will, I want to, I want to, I want to. Now it's up to a size where if I were to quit, I'm letting people down. If I were to stop, I'm letting people down. Right. Now it's a support system, like those who look for those videos, they look forward to the videos, they look forward to events to come see me speak. They need the interaction. It's not a, it's now it's like, oh, if I stopped, now I'm letting those who need it down. Yeah. I'm just leaving them hanging now. Yeah, that'll keep you motivated. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're someone else's support system, too. Right. So uh, it's a big thing for you. It looks like support, you know? Yeah. Um, mentorship, support, and then thinking about helping others while at the same time knowing that not everybody, uh, there's, there's always going to be someone, like you said, that's got it worse than you. Um, I know that you've, you've had, you've, You've gone across a, 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 an insane story, but I'm sure there were times where you said, I'm just going to give up, like, this is it. Um, has, did that happen often, or did, you, or did it happen very, like, infrequent? It happens to everybody. We all have doubt. Doubt, doubt is crazy, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can't let it rule. You can't live in fear. You can't live in doubt. People think about, what if I failed? What if you never tried? Mm. Right? I'm, people are afraid of failing. I'm, I'm afraid of not trying. Right. Right? Because if you try and you fail, people look at failure as a negative. I look at it as a positive. It's a lesson, and I can grow from the lesson. But I can't grow from something I didn't try. Yeah. Would you, uh, let's say somebody in, is in your situation where they just found out maybe something's going to hold them back from being successful and whatnot. Um, Nothing can hold you back. It's consistency, right? If you are so determined and so consistent and so on it, like I genuinely believe starting all this, like there's nothing that's going to stop me. Nothing's going to stop you. Yeah. I promise you, like there's so many reasons and so many stories I could tell you that there are so many examples where I had all of the reason to stop. You have a great attitude. I really appreciate that. Um, what do you attribute to your, your attitude? Because you're like, you, you straight up cut me off. You're like, no, 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 which is true. But I'm like, where do you get your attitude from? What, what is like, is there something that you read in a book? Is there a quote that you, that you remember in your head? Um, appreciation. Appreciation. For where we are and the lives we've changed. When a third grade girl walked up to me on tour last year and was crying, telling me I, I inspired and changed her life, that's what it's about. When I had a mom walk up to me after a parent meeting, crying, saying, oh my God, thank God we had you. That's what it's about. When I had my intern who just left us, um, I won't say who he was, but his family was in a, not, a so, not such a great 
situation financially and mm-hmm. a support system where, you know, they moved months ago. He moved Friday because I said, I'm going to hire you. If you're ready for this and you take me seriously, I will give you my opportunities right. and my connections. The dude worked for me for two, two and a half months. He started his own brand. That's awesome. He's met with many celebrities. He's been in limos of celebrities with me. He's been at sold out venues. He's been at celebrity after parties. He's been in the room of crazy people that people would pay or wish to be with who are just, you know, with me because, you know, everything is authenticity. If you're not authentic, no one's going to be there. Being authentic puts people who you need and want in your corner and losing your authenticity will take the people who you need and want out. Appreciation, authenticity, helping people, support. Um, I think these are all the things that you really help people with. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, I think um, at this point, I would love for you to maybe share something that you're working on. I'm, I mean, we, we went over your, your insane story. <laughs> um, you know, you, you, it reminds me, I, we were talking about like the hero's journey and uh, like Star Wars, so I'm thinking of you as Luke Skywalker and your father comes <laughs> in and he's Yoda, you know. Me- meanwhile, he's much bigger than Yoda. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you're just like, you know, slaying the dragon, so to speak. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're killing, you're, you found your power and you're spreading your power. And it doesn't matter what anybody says, you found a way. And I love hearing the fact that you helped that that kid out and you, you showed him a better way and I can only imagine there's so many other people you're going to continue to help out so I look forward to those stories I do too it's building people is amazing and seeing the difference and you know my uh, to have have an employee crying at you on his last day of his internship and just him and his mom breaking down to me telling me I changed their life that's that's what it's about. Yeah. The third third grade girl. That's what it's about. The mom crying. That's what it's about. Cause what are they all gonna do with it? Yeah. It's not about me. This brand isn't about me, right? I said that I'm connected to celebrities. Yeah. I've ridden limos and stuff. That's not what it's about. This brand isn't for me at all. It's for those who need it. It's for those who want it. That's for those who will do something with it. Mm-hmm. What my intern will do with it. What the third grade girl will grow up and do with it. What that mom will do with it. Yeah. And what lives will be impacted in regards to the plus one model mm-hmm. just through those three people is an amazing idea. I was actually thinking about something. Um, I was thinking about the audience and um, nowadays you have more and more people that are having kids diagnosed with illnesses and disabilities. And I'm sure they're probably wondering like what kind of support system um, could you, what kind of advice do you have for somebody that wants to have a support system? Maybe they're, they're not financially there to spend the money on all the convenience to help with that person kind of learn with the tutors and stuff like that. But like maybe something to, to, to think about or maybe just any type of advice, you know, someone who's a parent that may have right. somebody so in your situation. Everything that you do as a parent, your kids pick up on, whether you know it or not, or they know it or not. Mm-hmm. There are things that I picked up on that my mom did growing up that she has no idea. When you have no income and you're spending money you don't have on a nursing degree to know that you will give your family a better life, that's a big risk. That's a big jump. That's a big move, right? So that's things I take note on. Like my mom worked way too hard to get where we are for me to not do something with it. Just know that it doesn't have to be financial. You just got to be there for your kids emotionally and supportively. Don't be their best friend. You could be sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. But say they're going through it. 
you don't have to financially help them, but if they're having trouble with their homework, we all have Google. That's not, that, <laughs> you have Google, and if your kid comes to you asking for help, you guys can go on Google together. As long as you're sitting there with your kid going, hey, I know this is hard, but we are, as a team are going to get through this. That's what matters. They might not appreciate it. It might be kicking and screaming for the next 10 years. Yeah. But I promise you when it comes back, they're going to, mom, thank God you sat down with me. You were the only one there when I was struggling with school. You were the only one there. You know, I know we didn't have su such means, but we figured it out in the living room with Google. Yeah. Things your kids will remember and appreciate and won't even realize they're appreciating until they're old enough to appreciate it. I like that. Be there for them. It doesn't have to be homework anyway. Any way you can be there for them. It doesn't have to be financial. It's like when your friend starts a business, be there for them. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be financial. Say you have a musician friend. Repost the song. You don't have to buy it. Send it to everybody you know. You don't have to buy it. Right. At least you did something you're supporting. They, 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 they know you care, even though you don't listen to that type of music or even if you're, I guess, you're your, start, your friend starts a brand. Yeah. Repost it. Send it to people. It's five dollar shirt. Buy the five dollar shirt. It won't, it's not going to make you a millionaire or not make you a millionaire. Those five dollars, but it will make a difference in your relationship with that friend, mm. which could lead to you being a millionaire. Solid advice, man. <laughs> um, it's cool to to see the perspective of somebody that got help and they were able to make something out of it, even going through the craziness. You know, um, so I'm pretty sure people appreciate that. Um, so. Uh, is there anything that you're working on right now that you want to share? Whether we're working be, on a lot. Uh, um, yeah, show, show with, share with the audience what you're uh, working on. We are going on tour to a bunch of schools to continue to help and inspire and impact and motivate and educate all. Okay. And I've got a big event coming up in April, 1,600-person per, venue. The Palace in Stanford, Connecticut, we have a bunch of big names. We've secured a lot of people, a huge celebrity guest. Nice. Um, and I'm, I'm just excited to grow with people. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm excited to grow with people and impact lives. That's what I'm here for. I really believe it. Awesome, man. And if you're not tapped in with John, be tapped in with John. <laughs> um, what, uh, I know I'm going to put in the show notes, like where people can find you, but where, where let's say someone wants to reach out for, whether it be a venue or just to, you know, where can people find you where you're most active on social media? So you can look up Dylan Smith Dyslexia and everything you would ever want comes up. But you can also look up diasfordyslexia.com, no spaces, and that's my website. And you can book me through that website. And that has all my information on Instagram and everything. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to connect with everybody. I'm happy to talk to anybody and everybody. You know, there's no difference between me and John. There's no difference between John and people down the hallway. There's no difference from anybody. Yeah. We're not all worth some. We're not all worth more or less than each other. We all have something to give. We're all balls of opportunities, and we're all here for a reason. So, I mean, let's share that reason and grow together as a team. You said balls of opportunities, and I just saw like an energy ball. <laughs> my mind just went off. <laughs> Doctor Strange. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, that's a trippy movie. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for coming. Yeah, I appreciate hope, uh, you having me. You had some fun. I did. <laughs> Even though I was just like slamming with, with yeah. questions, I wanted everybody to hear your story and I, I hope they appreciate it. And uh, I hope we can do something with it. And if you guys want to connect to me, reach out and uh, let me know. And you know, me and John are going to do what we can to help everybody we can. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right, my friend. Thank you. Cool,